Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Yes! Yes! Whose voice is that? Yes! I'm back, baby! The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here with you. I've missed saying that so much. Welcome. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app welcomes you to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim. You know I'm here already because of my voice, but you knew a little more if you're on YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy where you could see our faces. I did not forget how to plug. Uh, and I'm here, of course, with the incomparable Michael Petropolis. What's, what's good, bro? What up, Tim? Glad to have you back, bro. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big statement when I say incomparable because you are a twin. So easily compared... But incomparable nonetheless. Yeah, suck it, Jay. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a good show for you today. My my favorite topic, quarterbacks, because who doesn't love talking about quarterbacks? It's quarterback free agent frenzy. We're going to be talking about that. I have a feeling that we're going to be talking about our J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, no, no, A little way. bit. Just a little bit because they are one of the teams uh, definitely in the market for a quarterback and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks available. Um, but before we get started, uh, we want to say Matt. Usually on the show, uh, not with us today. He is uh, suffering from a flu-like symptoms. Not with us today. Um, you come back, and again, you're, you're sounding <laughs> like you just like murdered someone. Or <laughs> well, I mean, no. Well, okay, fine. Uh, Matt is not on the program. How does how is that? Matt is not yeah. is not. He's o- taking the week off the- to recover from a sickness. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, it's like the universe knew when Matt was truly needed, and he's like, "Yo, slow down, Matt." All right. Because the combine's coming up. The combine's actually going on right now. Uh, and you know what? We need you to analyze these numbers for us because you're the Dynasty Don. All right? Yeah. So so go go rest up. Watch 24 hours of combine. Uh, Matt takes in more information than any human being on the planet that I, that I know. Like, at the same time, he's just like, he's just like this wealth of, of like, just knowledge. Just so, like a sponge. So uh, soak that up. Matt, uh, and we'll we'll take it from here for this week. Uh, get well soon, Matt. But before we get uh, started, I want to point something out. If you're watching on uh, YouTube right now, youtube.com slash Fantasy, you'll see that I have a brand new little thing in the background. Of course, I have my usual. I got the Broto logo. I got this Mets Jets thing. Uh, I got the, you know, the sound, the colorful sound things and the, you know, the, the regular stuff. But I got this. There it is. I got this right here. And what is that? Because this is one of this is the first time it's on display. Um, it is a Ryan Tannehill jersey. Now, if you're if you're signed, joining, signed Texas A&M. That's right. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, this might be a random thing. But if you have been with the podcast for a long time, we appreciate you. And the patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/BrotoFantasy, we appreciate we appreciate you. And a few years ago. Uh, we invented a stat. The stat is called uh, true throw value and true target value. And Ryan Tannehill was, we nicknamed him the true throw value king because Jason, uh, making his bold statements as he always does, uh, when Marcus Mariota was the quarterback for the for the Titans um, and Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback, the backup quarterback, he said with boldness that he ranked Tannehill above Mariota that year because he was certain Tannehill would take his job. And why did he say that? He said that because we invented this stat called true throw value that really gives a number to how many fantasy points are produced every time 
the quarterback drop backs and throws the ball, right? We were the first people to really put the, a, a number on that. And still our formula is a proprietary formula that no one else has. Uh, and it's been really good for our patrons. And a few years ago, a few of our wonderful patrons and one of the most like random acts of kindness that was like tingle. super cool. The tingle. The ting- yeah, the Tingle group who the Tingle group we call because it's our they were our first ever um show league. Right? It was 12 people. We were a, a brand new show. We're like, hey, let's get some fans involved. And it was our first ever show league. Uh, that's actually how we met Santiago Casanova, who's now the mastermind behind the app. Uh, and they pulled some money together and they got us and they got us this Ryan Tannehill signed jersey. It even says right there. You can't read it, but it says right there. True throw value king. Ryan Tannehill. It is a signed jersey from Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Still uh, one of the all time coolest gifts. I've ever received. Yes, 100%. Because it was absolutely out of the blue, out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, it was it was such a... It, it's, 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 it was really nice. It really touched our hearts. It continues to touch our hearts. And now it's on display in the studio, baby. Uh, and if you want to be a patron, if you want to join the community, the great community over at patreon.com, you see the link below. Uh, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Sign up today for as little as $3 a month. You can even get yearly subscriptions where you save 20%. And, you know... Everything that we get there, we put back into the show, and uh, the podcast itself is powered by this with the, the equipment and the the fact that we have to pay for you know RSS feeds and um, this this service that you're watching us on right now and YouTube and, and all that stuff. Uh, we have to pay for that, but also it powers the app, and I think that's the most important thing that it powers the app. And I, we really feel like the app is the future of you know fantasy football, and is we we want to lead that march. Uh, we want to be able. What we've been doing for the last seven years here at the Brodo Fantasy uh, at, at the Fantasy Pod Fantasy I'm I'm gonna say fantasy football by Brodo app instead of the podcast all the time. Uh but yeah, what we've been doing here is we've been putting stats together and we've now like if you've been following us, we like we have teams that are always doing well. We are telling people they advice that is doing well and it's it's not a mistake we, we this is a scientific formula that we've come up with the stats that you need to know in order to project future outcomes like this is um obviously it's not a perfect science but it's as close to it as you can get in my opinion and we what we did was we're like all right it takes us forever to go to this website and that website and this website and that website this should just all be right here on your phone if you want to do uh if you want to do any type of research for yourself here it is and that's what we have. On top of that, we have a team of 10 writers that are always bringing you content. Right now, Matt's coming out with his rookie profiles that are going to be even re-upped even more after the combine results. So a lot to that is still to come on BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Um, yeah, man, it's just uh, it's, it's just constant constant content uh, from the Broto boys. With, with that being said, we're a day late today. Sorry about that. It's because... Uh, because Matt came down with that sickness, and then I had to finagle. Like right now, my parents are watching my son downstairs while I am up upstairs. I'm jealous <laughs> of them. I have yeah. to record this while I get to play with Dennis. Come on. I mean, Michael's coming over later today to play with Dennis. You know, that you, I am. That, that's right. It's gonna rain, so he's gonna need when when it rains, bro. He is a menace, bro. This guy just goes around the house and just gets into everything. Just whatever is in the house, he's. He's trying it. He's spinning it on the floor. He's throwing it across the living room. He's just like, he's just in that state right now. Just turned 20 months. Let's turn 20 months. Let me ask you a question, Michael. Shoot. Random question. This is has nothing to do with fantasy football at all. Sure. He was born on June 30th. Right? Correct. Right? But February Correct. only has 28 days. Okay. Right? So 
is he 20 months old on February 28th or is he 20 months old on March 2nd? March 1st. Why are you skipping to March 2nd? Because that's the 29th. Yeah, but the the leap year accounts for that. It's because every year is actually technically 365 and a quarter days long. Yes. Yes. That's why the leap year is there. Right, but, the, so, but you can't you can't micromanage that into months. That's what the entire world does. <laughs> Except for every fourth year. Well, we just add a day. Yeah. Like, here you go, February 29th. Oh, yes, he's 20 months. We have a cousin and a grandfather that are born on February 28th. Kind of crazy yeah. that they just missed the cutoff of being four years younger than their actual age. I wonder if either of them were, like, born on a leap year. Or if they were born, like, 10 hours later, they'd be the 29th baby. They'd be the, I, I wonder if, if there's anyone who's listening right now who's born on February 29th, holla at us and let us know because you are a unicorn. You are. A I've unicorn. always been curious if they celebrate on the 28th or March 1st. Kind of similar to how you just asked a question about the months. Yeah, right? How do they do it? Is it March 1st? Yeah. Because for me, if I was like that, I'm like, I'm not born in March, though. But I'm February born. 28th also isn't your birthday. That's true. Yeah. You're, That's you're born the day after February 28th. Fun fact about me, I'm born on Christmas Day. True that. Yeah. So uh, a, a kind of not the, not similar at all. Not similar at all. But just similar in the fact that it's a weird day. All right. Uh, so today, uh, we've we just been sh- shooting the shit for 10 minutes. Uh, today, we are getting into two things. Classic, news, Tim. News and notes, of course, which I'm 100% no doubt going to go too long on for Michael. No no doubt. Yes. And then we got the free agent frenzy, baby. Back, baby. Quarterbacks, baby. We're talking about seven different quarterbacks today which very much my protest is out on the seventh quarterback but we'll get to that when we get that i'm I'm gonna be protesting but you're gonna want to listen to this one till the end uh, to get that hello um yeah i'm coming hot baby i'm coming hot i haven't been on i haven't been on the mic it's it's nice to hear myself in the headphones again like i'm coming hot uh anyway uh let's get into this player news um Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is one of the top prospects, if you don't know, coming out as the wide receiver, not running the 40. Uh, I think that's it's interesting. I just want to the reason why I'm saying that is because I kind of want to get your overall thoughts, Michael. What are your thoughts on these players who are kind of like taking these drills off drills that look, if you're Jackson Smith and Jigba, you're one of you're basically guaranteed to go in the first round. You are one of the top wide receiver prospects in the league. And. You know, if you run a four three, everyone's gonna be like, "Whoa, how how much how like how much are you climbing up the draft board? Maybe one, two, three, four spots." Um, but if you go out there and run a four seven or a four like like a a really bad time, people are gonna be like, "Okay, well maybe this is something that we have to consider differently." So I get where they're coming from, but there is that like New York part of me that's like, "Stop being a pussy." Um, what uh, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, well, JSN is a very, uh, I mean, there's a lot of opinions about him and his success as a sophomore and then the injuries and such that occurred last year, which led to a down year slash hurt year for almost the entire season. And it's kind of like a lost season for him after, I mean, this guy, he was being talked as possibly like the number one overall yeah, selection this I year remember prior, that. Yeah, prior to his junior season being a sort of a mess. And now some people have him as the number one wide receiver. Some people have him as the number five wide receiver. Like it's very mixed. Um, it's uncertain if he'll be able to play outside at the next level and all that. Like there's questions about him, but the productivity that sophomore year was just absurd. I did. you see what Dan Campbell's quote? Dan Campbell said 
I go to the combine to meet the players. I judge them based on tape, not based on what they do in pajamas. Mm. I feel you, Dan Campbell, because you got players who like shoot up draft boards because they're fast as if you didn't know they were fast watching their tape. Like, obviously, they're fast. Like, why does why does a point zero two difference make such a huge difference for you guys like John Ross, who shot up draft boards, end up getting picked top 10 because he was fast and then end up being a bust. Like people look at the combine far too much, in my opinion. And if JSN, he's been dealing with injuries. If he's not fully healthy, if he knows he's not going to be able to run what he can run, who gives a shit? Don't run yeah. the 40 then. Let yeah. <laughs> look another way. Let them judge you based off the tape when you were absolutely dominating the competition, which is way more accurate than a little stopwatch in your in your shorts. Yeah, I feel that I I feel you a hundred percent on that. I, I, I feel like it's it's the same way with the with the bowl games. Like I think it's it, it's it's a lot to do with that too. If if you're a if you're a rising star and you know you're gonna go in the first round, you you want to sit out these bowl games that don't mean anything. And really, what they the only thing the bowl game does is make money for your conference and for your school, which they're not paying you. Um, why take that risk? And I think yeah, that, more players have started to sit out bowl games. Yeah. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, I, I feel like, was the first really big name to set out a bowl game, and he really started a trend that I, I look, you know me, I'm a players guy. Uh, I'm a, you know, this is how I feel like in general. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a workers guy. I, I'm not a really big fan of the one percent. So like when, like when I think about this, it's like yo, you got to do what's, what's good for you. And if if you're JSN, like I don't know, the the combine is a lot is, is a is a big dog and pony show at the end of the day. And I think that like, if you're a prospect that's trying to get noticed, you went to a small school or you didn't have the best college output. And you, I mean, you had a problem with the coach and he didn't play you that much, but you're a talented player. You see this like this all the time. These guys come out and run four threes and then they make noise and then they get drafted. So that's the reason, I mean, that's the reason why you do this. Uh, yeah, but if you're a guy a, like JSN, like there was a defensive end, I forget for which school, maybe not Michigan, some, maybe Iowa, a school like that, who uh, I'm blanking on his name as well, but he didn't even start throughout his college tenure. And then he came out um, yesterday and absolutely dominated every single part of the combine. Uh, if you're one of those guys and you're going right. to shoot your stock up because they're like, wow, this guy is athletically gifted and we just have to teach him the game a little bit, then absolutely do it. But if you're someone who's already being highly touted and you're hurt, too, on top of it, like Jason has been dealing with injuries. If he feels like his speed isn't where it's going to be at in a month during his pro day or whatever during training camp after he gets drafted in June, then uh, then, yeah, pass. Yeah, hard pass <laughs> for sure. Uh, someone who is not being passed on is Evan Ingram. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that the Jaguars are expected to franchise Evan Ingram. Uh, by the way, there's these headlines, as always, coming from NBC Sports Sports Edge, aka Roto World. Um, keep gotta keep it Roto World, man. We miss you, Roto World. Uh, no, Tim. No, hey, you know, I had to come, I had to come correct on my first day back. Um, you should have told me we could have matched. We could have matched, but I can't feel like that's corny as hell. I was a little, I was also a little hot, so that's why I'm wearing a t-shirt. Michael, you're mad hot. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Michael, before we came here, I was having some trouble with the uh, with the audio, and I was like, "Yo, can you check something for me?" And he's walking. We're on Facetime. And he's like, "What do you want me to check?" And then I see him, and I, and I I know Michael's apartment, and I see him entering the bathroom, and he enters the bathroom while he's on Facetime with me, and and he goes, 
yo, bro, sorry, I'm gonna take a shit right now. Like in the middle of uh, the middle of face, I was like, okay. I was waiting for you to get ready, and I was like, now's my now's my chance to use the bathroom before we start recording. You know, I had my morning coffee and everything. It, it uh, you after the morning coffee. It's a good thing we didn't start earlier, or else you would be uh you'd be having the shit shakes right now. Sitting here like. <laughs> All right, so Evan Ingram, uh, the franchise tag is worth about eleven point three million. It's interesting um, that they franchise him. I, 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 I wouldn't imagine that the market for Evan Ingram is giant, but at the same time, he might have a pretty good market. Uh, but eleven point three million is is on the high end for tight ends. Regardless, this does not count out a long term marriage. But if you're the if you're the Jaguars and you saw how that played out last year i think you got to be really really happy about evan ingram you gotta be really happy about what he bring to the team that extra that extra juice to the offense and you got to be excited for maybe a long-term future with him and, and trevor lawrence yeah this has been a increasingly passing league throughout the years and uh me and me and matt on the tight end free agent frenzy episode evan ingram was the guy we both agreed like he's gonna stay in jacksonville all signs pointed to it he had a, a breakout type season um, with Trevor Lawrence last year, especially in the second half. And you want to keep building that rapport. Now Calvin Ridley's returning like the Jaguars made the playoffs after a slow start. Like everything is pointing up for Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence clearly found a nice rapport with Evan Ingram. So, yeah, it's a little expensive for Evan Ingram on a one year deal, especially with the um, tight end class. That's pretty solid. One of the better tight end classes in recent memory, according to many draft analysts. Um, but nonetheless, you could still draft a tight end of the future and have Evan Ingram on a franchise tag. Like tight ends rarely ever make a huge impact as a rookie to begin with. Um, so I don't think that really changes anything for Jacksonville's future at the position, but to bring Evan Ingram back a dynamic pass catching tight end, along with Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones and company. Like it's, it's a nice set of weapons. Travis Etienne in the backfield. Nice set of weapons for Trevor Lawrence. If Calvin Ridley can come back and be Calvin Ridley, the Jaguars are going to be, very good next year. They're going to have a good offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's tough though, because does Kent, like the, the guys, the guy's 31 years old. He hasn't played now in two seasons. The last time you saw him, Calvin Ridley was not 31. Calvin Ridley is, uh, I got to look him up. There's no way. He's, I know he was an old rookie. There's no way he's 31. He's 28. Oh, he's, I'm bugging. He I'm turns bugging. 29 in December, so he turns 29 halfway through the season. Season. I'm sorry about that, but either way, 29 about to be 30. I don't know where I got 31. Yeah, um, people think he's younger than he is. Yeah, I uh, I think that maybe like that. You know how uh, how a player becomes so overrated that they're actually underrated once they get back to like Jared Goff. Like he became so overrated that once he played to his level, he became underrated because everyone was like, oh, he sucks. He's not the guy we thought he was. Um, I feel like that that's how I, I listened to his age just now. Uh, but anyway, um, where was that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, hard, a lot to ask because you're talking about a guy who and, you know, I don't downplay mental illness at, at all. Like that mental illness is a real thing. But, you know, last time he was he was not in the right mental space to play football and then he gambled and now he hasn't played in, you know, a year and a year and like yeah. more than a half. So it, it's, it's not a guarantee. Like this guy's going to come back and be a superstar right away. Yeah. I, my hope is that, you know, he, as a wide receiver, it's different from like Deshaun Watson, who didn't yeah. play for two years. Also fuck that guy. But <laughs> you're, you're not like, you don't have to keep up with the game speed as a quarterback and study defenses and such. The wide receivers. Yes. To a lesser extent though. Like as long as you remain 
physically active and you're keeping yourself uh, game ready, it's fairly easy to transition compared to like the QB, I think. So I do think Calvin Ridley, as long as he hasn't just been sitting on the couch, you know, like a white Goodman style in uh, <laughs> in, un- in uh, underdog, not underdog. What is it? Uh, dodgeball. Dodgeball. Yeah. The true underdog story. That's that's the full title of the yeah. movie. Uh, that, yeah. If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodgeball, Michael. That's yeah. uh, that's that's dodge, I have that tattoo. Duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Yeah, I uh, I have that tattooed actually on my arm. Yeah, you totally. Can, as you can see right here, you can see it uh, on on Brodo Fan. Uh, on yeah, go YouTube. to YouTube, guys. Slash Brodo Fantasy. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um, this one, Michael. I know you've had your Twitter comments on already, so I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna give you the floor on this one. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy. Uh, look, he called out. He said the name Kellen, yeah. right? He said the name, like, the difference between him and Kellen is that he just wants to run the damn ball. And he says, I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league. He mentioned that he wants his defense to get more rest and that he wants less turnovers. There's two ways you could look at this. One way is that he's talking shit about Kellen Moore. And that could definitely be the, the, the case. It's been well documented that Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore did not get along towards the end of the season. And we know from his relationship in Green Bay that Mike McCarthy sours on people after a while. Right? People like him, like him, like him, and then he kind of falls out of favor with them. Uh, he seems like a real cocky guy, real arrogant guy, some, someone that like can do that. You know. Um, with that being said, there is another school of thought that maybe this is just a way to take some pressure off Dak. Because Dak was the one committing the turnovers. Dak was the one turning the ball over last year and not playing to the best of his ability. So you blame the offensive coordinator now kind of in the public. You you put that uh, that backing that, you know, I have faith in my quarterback in Dak when you say that when blaming the offensive coordinator. So there's two ways to look at this one. Michael, how do you feel about Mike McCarthy's comments? I know that, uh, I know that just run the damn ball is definitely not for you, Mr. Uh, Millennial. Yeah, look, man, he the Cowboys were already the sixth most run heavy team or somewhere around there in 2022. And they didn't have the best wide receiver weapons outside of CeeDee Lamb. Like they were throwing to Noah Brown and uh, Michael Gallup returning from injury. Tony Pollard was making noise, but he was coming out of the backfield. It just it blows my mind when modern day coaches say things like we got to arrest our defense. Like, dude, if you're taking an eight minute drive to run 10 times past twice and then punt from the 50 compared to a five and a half minute drive where you threw the ball eight times and scored a touchdown, believe me, the defense would rather you score points like the defense. They don't sure they get more warmed up. They're NFL athletes, dude. Like they're literally training 24 seven year round to be fit enough to play defense when they're asked to be played defense. Like how much rest do they possibly need? And Ah. if you're, if you're winning, if you're scoring touchdowns, you give the defense more leeway. Like, why do you want your, why do you want your defense pressing? Like you want your defensive end to rest, take a 20 point lead and then rest (laughs) your fucking defensive end. I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying On, on the flip side though. It's what about the ones that they don't score? They pass three times, three and out. Hardly any time gets off the clock. The defense got to get back on there. We've seen, we saw last year how a Jets de- the Jets defense can go from dominant in the beginning of the year to just plain worn out at the end of the year because the, the offense can't stay on the field. And I think, you know, 
at the end of the That's day different though i mean that happens and it's also the cowboys passing offense is a lot more right dynamic than zach wilson was like, and that's why i feel that's why i think the, the the main proportion main portion of this quote is turnovers i think that's a that's a direct dak thing you know that's a zeke wasn't fumbling neither was tony tony pollard these guys didn't have fumble problems the turnovers came from dak so like that that's a little bit of a hey we're blaming these turnovers on kellen moore in the public we're blaming these turnovers on kellen moore dak what are you gonna do about it I feel like that's what I that's how I read into these comments. So uh, obviously looking to bounce back for Dak next year. It's an old way of thinking. Yeah, I mean, Mike McCarthy is an, an old man. Uh, well, not a, like an older man, not an old man. You know what I mean? Uh, Derek Carr is obviously we know. Let's not talk about Derek Carr right now. We got the quarterback coming. Uh, D'Amico Ryan said that the Texans will be looking to add to the quarterback position through free agency and through the draft. Um, Davis Mills is on the team, so obviously not in the good favor of his new head coach. But now that we have some time to step back, can we all like wrap our heads around the fact that no one wanted this Texans job? In actuality, the Texans job was the best job on the board. These guys have multiple picks in the first round for a, a few years coming, and they have a chance to draft a quarterback high this year. The, the Texans have the second overall pick. They can get their, their pick of the second. There's four quarterbacks in the draft right now that people are talking about going in the first round. I know Anthony Richardson has impressed a lot of people uh, during his combine interviews. So you're talking about a team that has a chance to draft a young quarterback, has a ton of cap space, has another movable asset in Brandon Cooks, who there's a report, I, I skipped it, but there's a report that says that Brandon Cooks and DeAndre Hopkins are most likely, and that's why I skipped it, the number one targets for the Patriots in this offseason. So you have a guy that you can move for even more draft capital. D'Amico Ryan has a six-year contract. This is a this is a team that could you could see him them making noise in a weak division. I mean, outside of you, you expect the Jaguars to make maybe a in leap, a couple but, of years or so, but not next year. I mean, why? I don't know. In a couple of years, like not this year, but unless their rookie quarterback comes out and plays amazing, right? That's probably not going to happen. But up in a few years, you're talking about the the Trevor Lawrence's right in the Jaguars, but then you got the Colts who are in complete disarray right now, and um, the Titans who are in like the Titans are going to have to make a choice because this team is going to either be in rebuild mode or they're going to be you know six and twelve. So. That's not a division. That's a Houston, great, great spot to land if you're a head coaching candidate, in my opinion. Um, and D'Amico Ryan's landed there. Uh, this six is something and that, eleven. Six and what did I say? Six and twelve. That's yeah, yeah. That's eighteen games eventually. Um, Keenan Allen uh, is someone that we've talked about being on the cut block. Yep. Twenty one point seven million dollar cap hit, but his GM specifically said. To reporters, Keenan, Keenan Allen is not going anywhere. He said, "This guy is our Andre Reed." Right, Andre Reed. By the way, if you didn't know, is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Uh, so he's like, "We need to keep him in the building." The problem with the Chargers, I feel like, is speed. They don't really have speed. Keenan Allen's not the fastest guy anymore. Uh, Mike Williams is not a speed guy. Josh Palmer is not a speed guy. They have a lot of guys who can make a lot of catches in traffic, but not a lot of speed. And there's not a lot of speed out there to have in the free agent market either. So, I mean, it's a big cap hit, but I mean, Keenan Allen, do you think he stays in Los Angeles or do you think he goes? Are you believing the GM? I mean, if they, if the GM says something like that, you kind of have to, 
believe him unless he's just trying to trade him and say, look, we want to keep him, so we're not trading him for cheap. But if you give me a good offer, we'll trade him to you. One of those situations, making it seem like uh, they don't want to trade somebody that they actually do. But, like, dude, if Keenan Allen stays, it's a, they save $14 million. They'd still lose $7 million in dead cap. So I understand why they wouldn't want to cut him in that situation. But next year, they'd basically be able to cut him for free. So he's not going to stay next year. No, if they, I but I, I understand if they kept him for this year. Yeah, I mean, it would make a lot of sense. I, I feel like the Chargers just charged the crap out of the, the end of the season, but they have a lot of, they have Chargers a lot of the potential. Chargers crap every yeah. year. It's it's yeah. absurd. It's how they manage to do it every year. It, imagine I have a coworker who's a Chargers fan who went to school in San Diego, and he just like he has such a bright disposition usually, and then but then when he talks about the Chargers, you could just see his whole body language, like his 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 shoulders slump and he like he loses his posture like it's just like dude why do you do this to yourself at then least again, I'm justin herbert i mean i'm a jets fan so i don't know what i'm talking about uh to a viola um the gm chris greer said when asked about Tua's durability uh and that being a key factor with them going into the offseason um he said, I can't lie and say no. So that is something to be noted. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, GM Brad Holmes, said Jared Goff is our starter. Pretty good. One last thing before I want to uh, keep it going. Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter issued an arrest, arrest warrant for rest, for racing and reckless yeah. driving. Right? These are both misdemeanors. Now, this is stemming from an incident that actually killed uh, one of his teammates in a single car crash. Uh, now, the reason why we're talking about this is you know, obviously Jalen Carter is a defensive lineman. He's a defensive end, but he's possibly the number one overall pick in the draft, right? Yep. Not so anymore. That's what I'm saying. Now, if you're the Bears and now you're contemplating, man, we really like Jalen Carter. We feel like we got our quarterback. Now we can have our defensive end. We could have like the quarterbacks on both sides build around that. You wouldn't blame them really for not trading that pick away. But now that pick is getting a whole bunch of attention. And now I think it's, it's, 100% likely that they do trade that pick, especially when you consider that the number one overall quarterback prospect is, you know, 5'10". Uh, the, that's something that definitely stands out. Like, I'm 5'10". Uh, so, with that being said, Michael, what do you think about this first-round pick? If you're the Bears, do you move it? Do you move on from Justin Fields? If you're the Bears GM, I believe Ryan Pace is still their GM, how do you move on this? I mean, I think you know how I feel about the situation already. I think it's, I think the Bears should obviously draft a quarterback and trade Justin Fields. Justin Fields is entering year three. I my reasoning for why they're keeping Justin Fields, it's not that they think he's the answer and that he's clearly going to be a superstar in the future, like half of the Twitter universe does, because a quarterback can run despite having legitimately awful throwing stats across the board in year two, which is a very, very bad sign. If you look at any of his passing numbers, his sack percentage, his yards per attempt, any of those numbers looking at the first two seasons of all quarterbacks ever, it's atrocious comps, but because he runs, oh, he'll be, he'll be okay. It makes no sense whatsoever. I don't understand this like huge following that Justin Fields has. I guarantee you, the NFL teams, I guarantee you the Bears have called about Justin Fields and they're like, I'll give you a third round pick. And they don't want to do that. Like no team is calling the Bears and saying, have my first round pick for Justin Fields, please. Or they would have gotten rid of Justin Fields. 
That's how th- I feel about it. You really think so? Even in I this, really uh... think so, yes. Because if you have the number one overall pick and there's multiple quarterbacks available and you're clearly in a rebuild, I think you should take a quarterback. Justin Fields is entering year three. By the time the Bears are good again, they're going to have to pay him if they ever do get good again. Or they just missed out on taking a quarterback first overall unless Justin Fields sucks again and they pick first overall next year, and then they get someone like Caleb Williams, who's actually like a 101 type of quarterback. Yeah. I think in, in this draft, it's tough to do that because although I, I don't, I'm not discounting any of the quarterback prospects and I haven't done like the deep dives into these quarterback prospects. I kind of just know the, what surrounds them. You know what I mean? I haven't done the deep dives yet. It, I don't know. Like these guys don't seem to be those superstar guys that you you're like a tre- there's no Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Yeah, but like that's the that's the thing with the QB position, man. Like obviously, like there's some years where the QBs suck. Like the EJ Manuel year. He was the first QB taking 15th overall just because it was like screw it, let's take EJ Manuel here. Let's see if he could play well. But everyone knew the QB position that year was a wasteland. Yeah. But then you got years like uh, Justin Herbert going fifth to the Chargers for whatever reason. Justin Herbert, he was supposed to be like the first overall pick for a couple of years before that. He didn't have the best year, and then people thought Justin Herbert wasn't going to be a thing anymore in the NFL. And they were there were a bunch of people who highly, highly faded Justin Herbert. Suck and for Justin the Herbert was a suck yeah. for the duck. Yeah, that the duck. that was that was the year prior, and then yeah. it was kind of like oh Justin Herbert, and then Justin Herbert's balling out. Then you got guys like Patrick Mahomes who goes tenth overall, who is like. He's a gunslinger, but can he play at the next level? Russell Wilson's height was questioned. He went in the third round. Like, you have quarterbacks very often with question marks like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and company that once they start playing, you're like, damn, I can't believe we missed on these guys. Yeah. And that's that's the thing with NFL quarterbacks. You never know. So I'd, I'd take the shot on one of them because Justin Fields entering year three has done nothing in my eyes to say, like, you should build a franchise around him. Plus, he's entering year three. He's almost will, halfway through his rookie contract already. I, I will I will add this. While I see your point, um, there is something to be said about the fact that he played behind an atrocious offensive line with significantly terrible weapons. Like, there's something to be said about that. You could make that excuse for almost every young quarterback ever. I mean, look, shout out to Johnny. Johnny, Johnny preaches this over and over again. But, bro... You know, sometimes you gotta let these guys rest. Like we're gonna be talking about, I mean, uh, learn. We're gonna be talking about a couple of these, a couple of um, one quarterback in particular, where people are talking about should their team resign this person for big money? Where if this was twenty years ago, this is what the progression, expected progression would have been, and it wouldn't have been a question that he would get the money. So it would, you know, it's it's all about philosophy. With that being said. Um, I'm going to cut the news and notes off right there, Michael. Uh, yeah, it's been long enough for crying out loud. I mean, it's good news. It, I, I love off-season news because it's all like, let's debate. I love I love off-season debates. Um, but we're in the QB free agent frenzy right now, everyone. And if you're on YouTube, that's right. We got banners now. What's up? Um, so we got the QB free agent frenzy. Um, we're going to be talking about seven QBs. Uh, some of them are actually free agents. One of them... We're going to talk about this because we got to. He's a trade candidate. Yeah, and I, wonder. I wonder if they know who that is. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, let's talk about an actual free agent. Uh, someone who you've been getting a lot of mixed signals on. Uh, his head coach said he's part of our future. We built our whole offense around him. 
On the other hand, they're talking about how he wants guaranteed money and he may not get that guaranteed money. Um, and that's Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson's camp, by the way, came out and said that Lamar Jackson uh, actually not want guaranteed money. And that is just a rumor. Uh, it's hard to get uh, correct information out of his camp because he's his own agent. His mom is his uh, manager. And then he's got a lawyer. So interesting. Not really a uh, traditional type of Setup. back and forth. Right. Or not, not a lot of leaks coming out of the mom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe some leaks coming out of the lawyer's office, but not a lot of moms. Moms could be very gossipy. That's true. That's true. Uh, with that being said, Lamar Jackson, Michael, where is your best fit for Mr. Lamar Jackson? By the way, we haven't Look. gone over these. Uh, one of my favorite things yeah. uh, in listening to these pods is I've missed, I've, I've missed is like you and Matt playing that game of chicken. Like, oh, when are we going to match? When are we going to match? Uh, so let's see if we match here. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Go ahead, Mike. Look, this might not be the most reasonable outcome. But I decided to have fun with this one because good teams find good players, great teams find great players, and there is one team that has been on the precipice of greatness for years now with middling QB play, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's We're right. definitely not gonna match on that one. Let's get Trey Lance out of here. Let's get Brock Purdy, Jimmy G out of here. Imagine if the 49ers went and got Lamar Jackson to pair with Christian McCaffrey, Devo Samuel, George Kittle. And Brandon Ayuk. Don't ask me about the cap money and everything. Cap money ends up being fictional when people want to get players that they want to get. They move the money around. They'll cut players that don't make huge impacts. They'll change. Uh, they'll change contracts to signing bonuses to pay the money up front. Like there's a bunch of ways you could finagle the cap room. If the 49ers really want to get Lamar Jackson, that's literally the best possible spot. Basically, any quarterback could land in and. They like imagine a Kyle Shanahan offense with Lamar at the helm with the weapons that they currently have. They might go undefeated. I mean, it's sexy. I will say that. Is it realistic? Maybe not. But Michael, you know, Michael's a guy who likes to take Brad Smith and make him his but quarterback. I said, this might not be the most reasonable, but it's definitely the most fun and definitely something that I think would be absolutely glorious to watch. The 49ers have a. Uh, Let's see how much cap room do they have right now? They have they're just over just under the cap. They got like a million or so dollars available, but they could figure it out if they really need to. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I, I while I think that that is a, a sexy thing, that's not I don't, I don't agree just because I don't think it's realistic. I'm gonna go realistic here. I'm going to go with a team that I think can really use the services of Lamar Jackson in a town that would really appreciate Lamar Jackson, the person, because um, they embraced a Lamar Jackson-type quarterback in the past, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. I think of the, the Atlanta Falcons are the perfect fit for um, for the, at, at, the just the entire Atlanta area. Like, the a, Atlanta is one of the biggest cities. It's, it's like where people want to play, and on top of that, they've already embraced Michael Vick. They had that kind of run pass like hybrid like you've never really seen a run pass hybrid like Lamar since Michael Vick like those two guys are really the only two guys I I, I guess RG3 you can put in the in that mix because but he was a short-lived but someone who's that prolific at running and that prolific at passing the that I think the fan base is kind of starved for that since they got robbed of Michael Vick uh, with the whole dog thing and they had to settle for 
you know, the exact opposite of Michael Vick for uh, for so many years. Uh, you know how I feel about Matt Ryan. Uh, but with that being said, I also like the fit in the offense. I'm one of those guys, like, I really like Arthur Smith. I think Arthur Smith is a really, really good uh, offensive mind. He got the most out of Marcus Mariota last year. Like, you can't really blame you can't really blame him for Marcus Mariota's, uh, you know, lackluster performance. That was Marcus Mariota's fault. Like, if you go back, he was put in positions to succeed, but he just did not succeed. And when you're talking about him on the ground, one of the one of the things that you're not going to hear on the media a lot that people aren't going to tell you is that Arthur Smith is one of the best QB running coaches that we have in the league. Last year, Marcus Mariota ran for 438 yards and four touchdowns. Before you say, hey, he's always been a rushing quarterback, that was his career high, and he only played in 13 games. Let's go back now. A guy who's not Marcus Mariota, three years under under Arthur Smith, and Ryan Tannehill had 18 rushing touchdowns. 18 rushing touchdowns and rushed for over 250 yards in two out of those three seasons. So you're talking about a guy in Ryan Tannehill who also made that um, that big leap under the tutelage of uh, that's right under the tutelage of Arthur Smith. On top of that, when you look at the weapons, this team basically grades out as if they are the Baltimore Ravens. Like they have the dominant, well, supposedly could be dominant tight end. But if you are Kyle Pitts, is there anyone else in the league that you want to run with that it, it, that's not Lamar Jackson? Like, Lamar Jackson is the ideal quarterback to throw to, to Kyle Pitts. I'd probably rather have the Falcons weapons at this point with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I agree. You know, Drake, you have you don't have the the you don't have the big, you know, outside presence, but Drake London, you have that now in Atlanta. So you have a guy who can go up and, and get the ball. You have a, a tight end that's Mark Andrews, probably even plus if you can use him correctly. And you have a pretty solid running back room with, I don't know how Cordero Patterson plays out, but at least you have uh, a bruiser that you know can play uh, in Tyler Algier. And maybe they add to that running back room uh, during the offseason. This is a, a, a situation where if you're Lamar Jackson and you're trying to look for a change of scenery, this might be the best place for you. So I, I I really like I really think Lamar Jackson to Atlanta is something that I would love to see. Personally. The Falcons the Falcons also have the second most cap space according to Sport Rack. Spot it's, Rack. It's so. you know what your boy comes back and he brings the bars. Michael okay. he brings the bars. <clears throat> Speaking about bars, we you want are you are you ready to move on to the next quarterback? Yes, yes so, I am. So we right now uh, are in a group chat. We're in a bunch of group chats. And Johnny is singing the praises of Derek Carr, our first, <coughs> our second quarterback. Excuse me. Sorry, I got something in my throat here. Um, he loves Derek Carr. He oh, he wants to talk about, oh, Derek Carr has this many comeback draws. Another Carr has a that Johnny's Derek Carr propaganda makes me believe that he is secretly in love with Derek Carr. He um, might be. With that being said, so I've been a very anti-Carr in the in the group chats, just because I have to. Yeah, we've always let the truth be known. Our family has always had vans, so Tim is definitely pro van, anti car. <laughs> Yo, get out! Like this is what you do. get out. Get out. Pro van. I like honestly like pro. Like when you say pro van, it sounds like you're like saying proven. 
or like or like saying oh, some word that doesn't exist. Like it didn't even make sense to you said car. Pro van is Aaron Rodgers because he definitely has a hippie van. I'm pro bus because I'm riding the the Derek Carr no bus. Uh, but no, honestly, uh, I think Derek Carr is a decent quarterback. Someone is going to want to pay him. He's going to play somewhere. He's probably going to be a top half starter wherever he goes. It reminds me a lot of the Kirk Cousins uh, free agency from a few years ago. Michael, where is your ideal fit for Derek Carr? Look, Derek Carr, clearly, he's not going to have any issue with the spotlight, right? Like, this guy was a quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, he he understands what it's like to be in the eye of the fans and just be in the center of everything. He's not one to be afraid to go play in New York or anything like that. I think it's very clear at this point the Jets are going after Aaron Rodgers, if available, and looking at Derek Carr as the fallback option. Whether Derek Carr takes that offensively or not, maybe he just understands the magnitude of the situation and the fact that Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great and he's letting the Jets do their thing. Either way, I think it's very clear that the Jets are the number one option for a quarterback right now. Based on their um, season from 2022, their current situation with the uh, the defense, the weapons, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall and company. So I do think it's the the Jets would be the premier fit for Derek Carr. But if I have I have a surprise team, if um, Aaron Rodgers ends up staying in Green Bay or going somewhere else in the Jets, um, excuse me, if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets and Derek Carr doesn't go to the Jets, I think he stays in New York and goes to the Giants. Whoa. The Giants that is, have that is a surprise. Yeah, he hasn't visited with the Giants yet. He's visited with the Saints, Panthers, Jets. I think the Giants are also trying to figure out this Daniel Jones situation. Um, Derek Carr apparently is looking. The reports are saying thirty-five million. Meanwhile, Daniel Jones is looking for forty-five million. If that's the actuality of it, yeah, right. Yeah, like if you're the Giants, why would you pay Daniel Jones five years? What two hundred twenty million when you could pay Derek Carr three years one hundred five million or four Impre- years one hundred fifty million? Impressive quick math. <laughs> I've always been good at math, Tim. You know that. That's but anywho, true. look the the Giants also have a ton of cap space, so they can pay these guys. Brian Dable and company just had a Cinderella type year. They won their wild card game, like they made it deep into the playoffs. Well, not deep into the playoffs, but they made it deeper than expected this season by making it to the playoffs and beating the Vikings in the first round after getting demolished by the Vikings, excuse me, by the Eagles. But I think that like everything that Daniel Jones showed throughout the season, once they reached that Philly game, it all came crashing down. Like the the truth, the tr- it showed the truth that, yeah, Daniel Jones was good enough for this Brian Dable offense, this get by, move the ball, you Saquon type, don't turn the ball over offense. But is he good enough to go out there and win a Super Bowl for your team? I mean, I obviously, I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan. Um, I'm not sure Derek Carr is even good enough to go out and win a Super Bowl, but I do think he's definitely better than Daniel Jones. Even if they were asking for equal money, I think Derek Carr is the clear option. If the relationship sours between the Giants and the um, and Daniel Jones, I think Derek Carr is a sleepy, a sneaky candidate to um, <laughs> sleepy. He's also a sleepy sleep candidate. On it. Uh, Love to sleep. I think he's a sneaky candidate to say, oh, I couldn't get with the Jets. Let me stay in New York, go to their same building team with the New York Giants. It's an interesting fit. I think that 
Yeah, Derek Carr, you know, it reminds that does it reminds me a lot of the Kirk Cousins situation where he is a guy who's obviously good, but hasn't led his team to a playoff win. And you wonder if there's a cap. And I, I, I for me, I don't wonder. I think that there's it's guaranteed that there's a cap. I think Derek Carr's best fit is the Jets as well, but I'm going to stay off that because I have another quarterback going to the Jets. I think that Derek Carr's best fit is the New Orleans Saints, uh, a, a team that he's already met with. This is not out of the out of the blue. Uh, this is a team that has expressed interest. It's a team that asked him to take a pay cut reportedly uh, when they met with him the first time. But when you see the reports that Derek Carr is looking for thirty five million a year, that is a pay cut from the forty million he would have got with the Raiders. So um, even though they asked him to do that, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too much to ask. And th- there's a lot of there's a lot of good weapons that he can throw to in that offense. Now we do suspect that Alvin Kamara will not probably not be back with the Saints. Michael uh, Thomas won't be. Michael Thomas probably won't be, but they do have Chris Olave. Um Raheed Shahid. I mean, he had a good season. Like I know, I know we joke, but he had a good season. Oh, he had a very yeah, uh, very good rookie season. They are in a position in the draft if they want to do something like this. I don't know if they do, but to draft B, like a guy like Bijan Robinson, they they that they'll have a position to do that. Um so they could have a pretty good offense. They already have a good defense, although they're super over the cap. So yeah. they're going to have to do something about that. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are talking about Cam Jordan being a, a cut candidate, which would be not ideal. But when you're talking about the Saints, I think that the reason why Derek Carr fits there too, and this is a kind of out of the out of left field, is because Derek Carr's biggest weakness is he's not mobile. So why not go to a team where you already have the mobile version of a quarterback that could take your spot? Uh, Taysom Hill can can take that pressure off you. You don't have to be a mobile quarterback. So I think that Derek Carr would be a good fit with the Saints. I be, but I do believe that if if Derek Carr's perfect world happens, he's a New York Jet. Yeah, I agree with that. I I I was gonna talk about the Saints later. I have them matching up with someone of a lesser caliber because I know I was just saying that the salary cap is a myth and uh, you could finagle it the way you want to, but the Saints are $30 million under the cap, so they'd have to do a lot of finagling over over the cap. cap. And by the time they pay Derek Carr, that's another, whether they use signing bonuses and all that, just add another $20 million at least to that. So they need to somehow get like, shed $60 million off their cap. And they're not, I don't think they're really a win now type of team. I don't think they have that, um, the personnel to win next season so i think the saints are low-key one of the worst destinations for quarterbacks so i don't really think they get any of the high-end guys it's uh, i think they're secretly in like a rebuild and just don't want to believe that it's it's tough to i feel like it's tough to um it's tough to justify trading of two first round picks for a, a wide receiver if they're in a rebuild i don't i, yeah. I think they're in denial they, yeah i think they are in denial as well but that's what they do they traded a First round pick to trade up for Davenport a few years ago too. Yeah. First round pick to trade up for Olave this year. They want Davenport, their guys. Davenport a free agent, probably not getting brought back. All right, um, next, my guy, and I know that my I'm a little bit of a hippie. I, I will admit that <laughs> I have, I am a little bit of a hippie, and that's why I love my man Aaron Rodgers because he's full hippie and he don't give a fuck. He don't yes. care. He Tim- is embracing hippiness and I love it. I Tim love everything about wants, him. Tim secretly wants to go on a darkness retreat. Yes. Yes. And I also have a complicated uh, political spectrum. All right. Because I told you I don't like the 1%. But then, like, Aaron Rodgers gets into this, like, anti-vax 
conversation. And I don't believe that anti Aaron Rodgers is anti-vax. Everything that he's ever said has never been anti-vaccination. It's just like, I don't trust this particular vaccination because of the people who are telling us it's safe, which I get. I, I also am a big questioner of the government and things like that. Now, the way he went about it, lying to the media, you know, that's, that's something that you can lying to his teammates. Maybe I wouldn't have done that. But with that being said, fast forward a couple of years, that's all in the past. He's the back-to-back MVP last year. He played well, even though he didn't have the same uh, surrounding cast and he's looking for a new destination. He is out of the darkness and into the light. And I think the perfect destination for him is the New York Jets. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to put it. Um, I mean, you could say the Raiders are a good destination because Devontae Adams is there, but if you're they're Aaron Rodgers, now either though. they're not. And if you're Darren Rodgers, like, who do you want to play for? Do you want to play for Josh McDaniel or do you want to play for Robert Sala? Do you want a, a, a team that's young and up and coming or a team that's kind of strapped? Um, it's there's no Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's no uh, Dow, uh um. Denver Broncos, like that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning went to, that those teams are ready to win at the Super Bowl the first year they got there. There's no team like that. The Jets could be that team if they put the right pieces in place. So I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is not only what I want to see in my heart of hearts, but I really do think it's the best It's the best place for him, man. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Elijah Moore. You got Brees Hall coming back in the backfield. You got a pretty good offensive line. with A, a lot of people forget that that offensive line was missing their best two players last season, Makai Becton. And I mean, he had a pretty good rookie season, but maybe calling them the best two players. Elijah Vera Tucker is Very top, good. top five offensive lineman in the league. And he, not only that he played right guard and excelled. Then he played right tackle and excelled. And then he played left tackle and excelled. So you can put him every anywhere. So his injury was a giant loss for the Jets, and the, the the offense was really really felt that loss last year. With him coming back, it's a good offensive line. It's a good group of weapons. It's a good running game. Aaron Rodgers would be in a position to really like, and if he wants to really be this like guru that he's kind of selling himself as right now, post career, like go win in New York, go get, let everyone forget about this vaccine stuff, win scrub their mind to that he has a chance to really like set himself up for post-career success as well if he comes to new york and wins so i just think that everything all around aaron Rodgers is uh aaron Rodgers to new york is just a it's too good of a fit yeah if rogers goes to the jets i'd be ecstatic if he doesn't and Carr goes to the jets i'd be happy obviously i'd rather be ecstatic if rogers goes to the jets tim i'm giving you a nice big kiss on that forehead oh, yours, that, forehead that forehead get them lips ready Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? I'm going to smoke. Well, look, <laughs> get back on track. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, I think, he, look, he's already said, like, I'm not going through a rebuild. It's like if you're like you said, if the Packers are planning on rebuilding, he's he's retiring or going somewhere else. I think it's either the Jets, the Packers or nowhere else. I don't think any other team makes much sense for Aaron Rodgers um, with the way the the teams that are in need of a quarterback look really maybe maybe like no see I was gonna say a team like but like the Falcons aren't gonna win right away with Aaron Rodgers I don't I think, think the, or, I think the Panthers have a chance to win the Panthers weak division improved, the defense. But I don't think their offense is really anything to write home about and yeah I think the Jets are clearly the number one option for quarterbacks on the quarterback market currently I don't think that's really debatable um 
so I do think it's either he gets traded to the Jets or if that doesn't happen, um, I do think he'd he just stays in Green Bay. And Jordan Love has to watch another year or he just retires. But for yeah. me, I think it's either the Jets or he stays in Green Bay. I'm having a hard time seeing him being in Green Bay. I just everything that the Green Bay says is just like Jordan Love is ready to play. What's the point of drafting this dude if we're not going to play him? You know, it's just. But Aaron Rodgers said he's going to make an announcement soon. Once he came out of his darkness retreat, he said, like, he literally talked about Brett Favre going to the Jets, like, eight plus years ago, however many years ago he's, that was. He was like, the whole team was, like, on pins and needles, not knowing if he was going to show up, who was going to play quarterback. And he was like, and it was, it sucked. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a decision soon that I'm happy about. So we'll see. I did not hear that. I'm, I'm hyped. I've been consuming so much Aaron Rodgers content. It's kind of re- remarkable. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to another. Uh, uh, did you did you say your fit, Michael? Is it the Jets? It was Jets. Jets yeah. or Packers or retirement. Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. Let's get to the New York quarterback, Daniel Jones. And I'm going to start this one off because I think he just stays with the Giants, man. I think that this is a match made in heaven. Uh, this is the guy I was kind of teasing in the, be- in, late in the episode where it's like, this is the natural progression of things. He got a lot better in his fifth year. And, you know, if you look at his stats, it's not that he jumps off the board that he got better with stats, but he just played a lot better. Um, And the progression is there. The coaching staff is there. 92.5 quarterback rating, uh, the highest quarterback rating of his career, the highest uh, QBR of his career, um, his highest yards per attempt per career his highest air yards per attempt per his, his career, uh, his highest completion percentage, his highest yard output. Like, even though the stats aren't gaudy and they, they, the most completions, the most attempts, he had his best year by any measurement that you could possibly have, including wins, right? So if you're the Giants, you draft this guy in the first round, you can give, you can franchise him. Why not give him that opportunity to make that leap in a Giants jersey? And I feel, I just feel like, if you're the Giants, there's at least, especially you're not in a position to draft a quarterback. You probably don't want to trade a bunch of draft capital to draft a quarterback. There's not great quarterbacks in free agency that, you know, unless you go out and sign a Derek Carr. Um, I don't think they're training for Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. Um, Geno Smith already played there. He's not going there. So, you know, I just think Daniel Jones, you may not, you it's, she may not, he may not be Mr. Right, but he's Mr. Right now. And he's worth at least giving a shot to Mr. Right. Fair enough. What do you think? I uh I think it like I do think signs are pointing to Daniel Jones returning to um returning to the Giants after their run last season, even if it is just on a franchise tag. But I uh I didn't want to keep him with the Giants. I wanted to have some fun, so I changed him to a team that you already spoke about, Tim. Um the Lamar Jackson fit for you is the Atlanta Falcons. So Daniel Jones is like a light version of Lamar Jackson. He can't run as well. I don't think he's as good of a passer, but I do think he makes sense as a, the Falcons, like a Falcons panic and are like, we need to get a quarterback. We have so much cap space. Let's overpay for a mediocre quarterback. And there goes Daniel Jones to the Falcons for four years and $250 million or some crazy contract like that. That's too much. I'm not going to pay him that much, but I'm just saying something in that realm wouldn't be super shocking to me um, if they panic and decide they need to make a win now 
quarterback move with the weapons that they have and Drake London, Kyle Pitts and company. So I th- that's that was my fit. You already spoke about Atlanta and we spoke about their weapons and everything. So I don't want to get go into that again. But I think Daniel Jones to the Falcons makes sense if he doesn't resign with the Giants. I do think the Giants are the most plausible outcome. But if he doesn't wind up going back home to the G-men. Yeah, I like that. Like you said, he's kind of Lamar light. Um, all right, let's get into these last three quarterbacks. Uh, we don't got to touch on them too much, but let's touch on them. Um, Geno Smith. Uh, he's he's a guy that if he was a true free agent, like he would be probably the one of the top quarterbacks on the margin. Like I, I think that who would you rather have, Geno Smith or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. It's a question, though. That's a legit question. Um, I think he stays with Seattle. Every everything that Seattle says, Same. they want him to stay. Uh, Gino wants to stay there. Uh, he, they gave him a chance. They traded away Russell Wilson for him to be the starter. Uh, they put their faith in him, and he rewarded them with that faith. I just think Handsome that that's least. yeah, man. I just think that that's something that you don't take for granted as a as a team and as a player. Yeah, I agree. I have Geno Smith staying with Seattle as well. I'd be shocked if he didn't end up back in Seattle. Jimmy G uh, is another big time name on the board. A bigger, bigger name. Hey, I what? spelled Jimmy Garoppolo's name for you like twelve times, and you could yeah. not have spelled it more wrong. I, what? It's G A R O P P O L O. Oh, I. What oh, were you listening? No, nah, you know what? I, that's what I had. No, that's what I had it, and then I changed it. I guess I forgot to press save. You forgot to save. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Can you press G A R R. No, G A R O P P O P O. Excuse me, P P O L O. No L L O. No, Garoppolo. All right, I, I really. All right, Garoppolo. We're, we're back. We're back, baby. With Jimmy you can Garoppolo. Just Jimmy right. G. You know. Nah, but you know, you know, you know, I had to misspell things. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Um, I think the Panthers are where I see Jimmy G. Um, going. Frank Reich has a history of taking some decent quarterbacks and winning with them. Uh, decent veteran quarterbacks. Uh, he did it with Nick Foles. He won a, when he was offensive coordinator. Uh, then he, as Michael so eloquently put it, mid his way uh, with Philip Rivers into the playoffs. Um, and then he got the most out of Carson Wentz that he possibly could until Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz. And then, you know, who can blame him for the fact that Matt Ryan has sucked for the last five years and no one really has noticed. Um, so I think that this is something that is a natural fit for both Reich and Garoppolo, unless they take that, unless they, they pick someone. And if they do pick someone, if they, let's say they, they pick like an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis, right? Let's say they pick one of these guys. then. Jimmy G is kind of the perfect bridge quarterback at the same time. So I think Jimmy G is a, a good fit with the Panthers. What say you, Mike? I uh, I don't hate that spot. Again, I don't think the Panthers are as win now as you're making it seem. Like, I they got a good defense, man. Derek Brown had a defense, tremendous year last year. I think there's another team that JC has... J.C. Horn is nice. J.C. Horn is good, but I think there's another team that has the salary cap space that is more of a win now type of situation and they're in need of a quarterback but really haven't been their names haven't really been tossed into the ring for any of these quarterbacks yet and that's the washington commanders mm. um sam howell the fifth round qb of last year apparently is getting praised and is getting like had a good week 7 18 they're saying like oh he's gonna be the quarterback next year ron rivera put a little bit a little bit of a damper on that and was like we want to bring in a veteran too like we'll see how it plays out i understand that to just hand the reins over to a fifth round rookie qb seems a bit odd um but i think jimmy g 
makes sense in that situation. Either you get Jimmy G to come in to uh, help the young lad, Sam Howell, or you get Jimmy G to come in and be a decent quarterback to try to lead your, like, be one of those guys, like, like he's done in San Fran. Let the defense play well. Don't turn the ball over. Throw to Terry McLaurin and company. Antonio Antonio Gibson probably won't return, but we don't know what's going to happen in that backfield. But either way, Brian Robinson and company, who knows? They'll probably bring in more weapons. Jahan Dotson had a nice rookie season. Um, Logan Thomas and company. It's not like they have a trash receiving core. Um, it's decent enough for Jimmy G to just not turn the ball over and to uh, be a decent quarterback for Washington to another another like nine and eight, ten and seven type season for Washington, which seems like that that's basically what they always do. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Jimmy G in on like a one or two year deal. It's like a bridge type QB to either teach Sam Howell or if it doesn't work out, draft a QB the next year or the following year. Do you know what's crazy? The fall of Carson Wentz MVP candidate to not even being in the conversation that we're having today, even though he's a free agent. Yeah. Hard, you know, hard to think that he even comes in as a backup. No, I mean, yeah, definitely not. I mean, he, he sucked when he was in Washington last year. So it's, I, I didn't like Carson once at all coming out of the draft. And then he had that MVP type season in Philly. And I was like, boy, was I wrong about Carson once. And then he just never even came close to that again. It was so odd. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's he so had the strange. knee injury. He had the knee injury. And he what made him injury, so but... good is that you couldn't tackle him in the backfield. Like, remember those, those highlights of him ducking defenders and, and juking people and then making a, a 30 yard pass downfield. He was doing that with regularity. And then he hurt his knee and it was over. But like these one off years are always just so like, surprising like where does it come from like the 27 and 2 touchdown to interception ratio year for nick Foles. like where do these seasons come from it's wild I, I, who do you have that season with the eagles 27 touch 27 touchdowns two interceptions oh yeah 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 like and he was a starter for the eagles like three years prior to them getting Wentz, and then they got him back and then he won a championship with them yeah he had like i think he went like 19 plus touchdowns without throwing an interception or something too like all right we don't need Sorry, we don't need to talk this, about this next guy. I'm not, I didn't think you were going to say he was balling. Uh, sorry for interrupting you there. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I asked a Your question. Favorite. I asked a question to Michael last time around this season. I mean, that season around this in the offseason. And I told him this question. What on God's earth has made you think that Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold? Tim, real quick. Now I'm going to cut you off because I just looked up Nick Foles. Nick Foles, that was his second year in the league, the year when he went 27 and 2. He went 8 and 2 as a starter, 9.1 yards per attempt, 8.5 touchdown percentage. Like this guy absolutely dominated. He was a. Nick pro Foles bowler. catches. Nick Foles, Foles just catches the Holy Spirit, I feel like. Sometimes. That was his sophomore year, and then he never even came close. Never more than 13 touchdowns. The next year, he had 13 touchdowns. And ten options. Eight yeah, games someone, started, and the and year what, prior, what team was that with? Someone paid him to be the uh, starter. Philly. Well, then he went to after Philly. He went to St. Louis. Yeah, and then Kansas City. I remember, I don't he, remember him being on Kansas City, and then back to Philly, then Jacksonville, and then Chicago, Indy. Like it's been a. Long and then last year when they home. when they fed him to the Wolves. Yeah. Anyway, Baker Mayfield is on this list, and Sam Darnold is not for whatever reason. You made the list. I know. I don't know. It's because of, you know it's because of my the outside influences. You weren't supposed to say that, Michael. All right, fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, I the Giants. 
Giants? Yeah, because, look, they, this is how it's going to be. They're going to franchise Daniel Jones, and then they're going to say, hey, we're bringing in Baker to – don't get too comfortable. All right, mister, I want $45 million. Uh, don't get too comfortable here. You're still in a competition. And on top of that, uh, if they franchise Daniel Jones, they're not going to be able to franchise Saquon, which means if Daniel Jones gets hurt, the season is basically over. So you need a high-level backup quarterback, and I think at this point, Baker Mayfield's a high-level backup quarterback. Yeah, I see that. I uh, I went a different route. I went um, New Orleans Saints. Gross. I said it. I said it earlier. I think the Saints are in way worse of a position than people seem to think that they're in, and I don't think they're able to get a high end quarterback. I think Jameis Winston is still on a contract, but Jameis Winston has been just perennially disrespected by the Saints, especially last year with Andy Dalton um, getting the starting nod over him over the second half of the season, despite him being Andy Dalton, and. Uh, yeah, I don't think they get a high-end QB. Baker Mayfield showed flashes, I suppose, with the Rams um, last season. So I do think uh, some team is going to give him a shot, and I think it's going to be the Saints giving him one year, $12 million to compete, and maybe even just cut him prior to the start of the season, but at least give him a chance to compete for that starting that starting job. Sam Darnold. Sam I think Darnold Sam Darnold has. stays in Carolina. Really do. Interesting. Interesting. He played very well down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, that one like really bad last game though. Yeah, but other than that, like yeah, he played well. Played All right. better than expected. Michael, where can they find you? At Brought off of Mike. Oh, I just noticed that our, our Yeah, I was our, gonna say, where are our little tags? You know what I think? They maybe they go away when we have ah, that's what it is. At Brought off of Mike, at Brodo at I, I spelt <laughs> my name wrong. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's been a while, baby. It, you know, my kids Mr. Are, Error is back. I'm not gonna lie, my kid's not sleeping, and it's driving my wife and I insane. Damn he's not Robbie. sleeping. He doesn't. He all he wants to do is suck boobies all day. He just wants to suck boobies all day. Um, <laughs> Brodo FF Tim, like father, like son. Uh, at Brodo FF Casanova, at Brodo FF Jason, at Psych Ward FF, at Brodo Fantasy, at FF by Brodo, the Fantasy Football by Brodo at BrodoFantasy.com for everything Brodo. Peace out. Thank you for listening. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. We love y'all. Peace. Later.